Welcome to the show. My name is Danny Cola. This is what your body is designed to do. Your body is designed to pick things up in semi-awkward positions. It's designed to swing things around. It's designed to move in multiple planes. This podcast is brought to you by Action Coffee. Take action now. Drink Action Coffee and get your day started right. These coffee grounds are from Antigua, Guatemala, and I swear it's got such a lovely coffee taste for the morning and maybe even your afternoon, after lunch cup of coffee gets you going. I love coffee. I love drinking action. So go to www.drinkaction.com right now. Use promo code Danny at checkout. You get 12% off your order of action coffee. Give it a shot. I promise you will not be disappointed. On this episode today, I get to have a conversation with my man, Mac Bain. He's on Instagram at moving.mindfully, and that's exactly how I found this guy. And we had an awesome conversation. We talked a little bit about his background and how he got into fitness. We talked a little music as he was a musician prior to getting into the fitness industry. Gets into the fitness industry and he becomes a yoga teacher full time and a kettlebell steel mace bodyweight guru. He really is knowledgeable and he's practicing this stuff day in and day out. And we talk about how important it is to be mindful in the way that you move, right? Using kettlebells, steel maces, and, and clubs and bodyweight movements and multiplanes and really learning to strengthen your spine and strengthen your body and mind as a whole. It's a really awesome conversation and I'm glad to have interacted with Mac. He's a knowledgeable cat and I can't wait to talk to him again. So without further ado, here's the podcast. I hope you guys enjoy. All right, so Mac Bain, there is a plethora of Instagram people, this nice little community that's coming out right now that, uh, and maybe they've been around for some time, but people that are quote unquote moving mindfully, these kettlebells, steel mace, animal flow. And I was attracted to your Instagram, man. You're somebody that I feel like is like-minded. And I think this type of information needs to get exploited. and People need to know more about this. It's so, um, it's so functional. It's uh, it's something that is you can do anywhere. You know, it's so uh, convenient. I guess is the word I'm looking for, and it's it's so effective. And um, part of what attracted me is that you're doing this constantly. You're showing the world what you got, and I kind of just want to first like unpack your your story. Like, is there like uh, a reason or, or, or a underlying story to how you got in the fitness field and and what it is that you're currently doing right now? Um, hmm, the story. Well, you're absolutely right about the, uh, the kettlebells being a very, um, important tool. Uh, the kettlebells, maces, anything functional, I'm a huge fan of. As far as my history, I've always been at least moderately athletic. I was never really into team sports or anything. Um, I don't know if you knew this about me, but I'm, a, I'm a musician by trade. That's what my, oh, we, is can, in. Do we can sit here and talk about, we can talk on a podcast about music, the whole, the whole 60 minutes, man. Yeah. I, I used to be in a band as well. So I would love to pick your brain about that too. Oh, that's what's up. But, um, yeah, I mean, as you know, a fellow musician, um, most musicians tend to have notoriously unhealthy lifestyles. Um, uh, not only just the, the crazy hours, the unpredictable schedule, the stress, the, uh, loading and unloading, but playing an instrument can be kind of taxing on your body too. I went through a lot of, uh, um, issues at school 
um, classmates, people who play drums. I play drums, so it's kind of yeah. I was gonna awkward... say, what do you play? You play drums, okay? Percussionist. Yeah. So when you're sitting behind a drum set, it's kind of this awkward, kind of hunched over thing, and um, they kind of stressed to have good technique and to have good posture, but nobody really listened to that at the time. You know, young people, everyone thinks they know best. But any instrument, really, if if you don't, if you're not mindful of your posture. Um, it's going to be a little detrimental, especially if you're playing something like upright bass or guitar, where your shoulders are kind of offset at this kind of weird thing. You've got one arm up in the air and one shoulder kind of relaxing down or violin players. You know, you've got your holding the instrument against your shoulder with your neck kind of all bent and stuff. Um, so most instruments, whatever you're playing, is you're going to be put in a weird, a little uncomfortable position. So uh I've got, I've got, you know, hip and shoulder issues from playing drums with bad posture and bad technique. So, you know, after a while doing that for a long time, trying to keep up with my fitness, my body just started to not feel great. So I wanted to do more um, with my body. And, you know, I was in a weird place mentally. Um, I was just at a weird spot in my life, not, not going places that I wanted to go. And I was teaching music full time. And then the opportunity presented itself as I was sort of making this lifestyle changes to make a total career switch and go from teaching full-time music to teaching full-time yoga. So I took that opportunity. And um, ever since then, I've been teaching yoga, fitness classes, and working with private clients full-time. Dude, awesome. That is that's a great, that's a great story. And then like, you can bring this back to, you know, posture and mindset and how that has to do with your energy levels, your mood, specifically when your posture is shitty, typically your, your, your mindset starts to go more pessimistic as opposed to being more of an optimist. And, um, well, let's go back to the music career a little bit. So, uh, what got you into music? What kind of band were you in? Did you tour? Were you in the studio? Break that, break that down a little bit. What got me into music? I don't really know. Um, I mean, I always loved listening to music as a as a kid, um, as a, and a and a young adult. Which, oddly enough, I don't really listen to music at all anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what I'm, kind of music did you listen to? What was your style? Oh, back in the day, I mean, I think my first CD ever was Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. You know, the classics. Uh, <laughs> You're kidding me. <laughs> Uh, but you know, when I was, that was my favorite, I'm a huge JT fan. I went, I just saw his concert live. I don't know, a couple months yeah, back and I was supposed to go in LA, but he canceled the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah. He's the man. JT is the man for sure. Especially now I'm really, uh, stoked at what he's done since he was in, uh, NSYNC. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, you can just really tell the growth of his, you know, of him musically, uh, him as a performer, as an artist, as a creative is just uh spectacular to, to be it at the high level that he's been at for such a long time. I mean, that's like some Tom Brady, Bill Belichick shit. People think that yeah. it's easy to do, but it's so fucking difficult to stay at your top of your game for as long as that guy's been doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And nobody else from NSYNC or Backstreet Boys really did much. He's like the, no way he was it, of that era. You know? Him and Britney Spears, I guess she's still around somewhere. Well, you know, like I was I was thinking about this not too long ago. You know, some of the people that have been at the top of their game since like the like the mid 90s, like you got someone like Beyonce, for example, Beyonce and Jay-Z, they, you know, Beyonce coming from Destiny's Child. Uh, she is now like the iconic pop queen, you know, her and Jay-Z, mm -hmm. this dynamic duo and, and, and someone like, uh, like pink, for example, pink has been at the top of her game forever. 
Gwen Stefani, somebody else who came on a little later in the scene that's been like such a huge impact now and, and super talented is uh, Adam Levine from Rune 5. Just like super mainstream, but like he's so likable. He's a talented guy. Like all these people that, I mean, look at Britney Spears. She kind of like after things went south for her kind of fell off the rails and ended up being like a Las Vegas show person, you know? And I don't know that I think you go to Las Vegas when you're, when you're done, done, when you're like 50, 60, whatever, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's just my shitty perception, but like, do you really want your legacy at 35 years old to be a Vegas performer? Or maybe you do. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. Those Vegas gigs pay. Those are that's yeah, where it's yeah. at. Those are the the long standing gigs. I mean, shit. Even uh, Joel Osteen, you know that uh, that super mega church pastor does Vegas yeah. shows, and um, Cher, she still does uh, Vegas shows. See now, yeah. someone like Cher that 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 fits the mold because, like, uh, how old are you, Mac? Twenty nine. 29. Okay, so we're the same age. You're an 89 kid. I'm an 88 kid. Yeah. Um, yeah, end of the 80s, 90s. Like, obviously, your first CD was Backstreet Boys and Sync. That was probably my first yeah. CD, too, man. Like, that's the kind of music I grew up listening to. But, like, someone like Cher, who's been around forever, you know, she ends up being, uh, you know, a go to in Vegas. I think that, like, totally fits the mold. Somebody that's, like, older school actually getting after it but like i don't know the backstreet boys they started in like you know 1996 1997 you know those guys need to be all five together in order to be something big not one of those people can pull a jt and go do their thing you know mm -hmm. um so what kind of band were you in um i mean back in the day when i was yeah. just sort of learning i was just in you know local garage band whatever uh guitar player i could hook up with and you know, this guitar player, singer, songwriters like to write their own stuff. Um, so I just kind of, you know, I, I know my role as a drummer. I just kind of played whatever they needed me to do. Um, and I, I ended up transferring to a, an arts high school from my public high school in my junior year. So I could focus more on music. And there I got into doing a lot of musicals, which was awesome because I did a lot mm -hmm. of it was art school. So they had Booker T. Washington um, High School for Performing and Visual Arts in Dallas. Uh, they did a lot of dance, visual, theater and music. So I got involved in as much of those as I could. I was in some of the dance groups. I performed in the pit in the in the in the pit band with a bunch of musicals they were doing and that was great because i love playing musicals man it's so much fun and i've done a lot of musicals uh, since then um were then, they uh were they written by you guys or were you guys doing mostly uh like songs were already written um we were mostly songs that were already written we played a, a lot of songs that were specific to the musical um or in in the bands or the the, the bands that i was playing with or in the, mu the musicals uh, just yeah, I was specifically referring to the musicals, but like oh, yeah, some of the musicals had um, you know pre-written music. Obviously, like if you play Footloose, you're gonna play all the songs from Footloose. Uh, but then we also did some Shakespeare stuff where we just added our own music to it, which was a lot of fun. Played a bunch of cool. jazz standards. Um, cool. And then when you were uh, in like your garage bands, were you were you playing mostly covers or or writing some of your stuff? We played some covers. Uh, in the garage bands, uh, I, we'd like to write our own stuff, which was, you know, it was great. 
I love playing. Yeah, man, I, I could to- I can totally relate. Something that I don't really like push out there is my my musical past, mm-hmm. and, and I, it's funny that we, we're talking about music, and I, I'm so glad that you're you're bringing this up. But like, I have a, a guitar that's just chills in my house that I pick up every so often, and I'll, I'll play some chords and I'll do a little singing, and um, I wanna like you know part of Instagram and and being relatable and. I don't like to use the term influencer. I just want to use this facet of communication to inspire and like show people that it's okay to fucking try new things and oh, and absolutely. not take life so seriously. So like, I, and I don't really express my musical side as much, but it's something that I've always had this inclination to, to listen to a song and then figure out the, the, the chords. Like one of my favorite movies growing up was that thing you do. do you, are you familiar with that? um i believe so it was like yeah it's a movie about like an aspiring band they have a one-hit wonder and they tour and like when i saw that movie i was so inspired i was like oh my god i want to start my own band and i want to write music and like i was so inclined to like listen to music and learn to play it and you know the next step was gradually getting my friends together let's let's start practicing let's start playing songs and because i'm i have those like alpha tendencies to like lead and 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 like try to inspire and motivate i've always had those those qualities um i I put together a band growing up and we would you know we play at this you know we play in recording studios we play at the the local like you know school gyms and we we started to gradually progress as far as like you know getting bigger and bigger shows we ended up playing a handful of shows in the city of chicago downtown at some reputable places like the blue note the double door i'm not sure if you're familiar i know you're from oh nice um but yeah it was a big part of my life for like from the ages of 13 to 20 and i think that i want to start showing a little bit more of that even if it's picking up the guitar and you know singing a tune from i want it that way or some sort of justin timberlake or something like relatable that someone can be like oh yeah that's funny that's awesome it's great like cool that you're doing that like just show people that it's okay to to just do your thing you know what i'm saying absolutely i'm a huge advocate of just doing things you know what I mean? Just like whatever it is, just do something new, do something you haven't done before and do, do things that you're bad at, you know, because uh, you, you don't grow unless you, you know, face some sort of adversity. That's uh, the human mind and body thrives off of challenges. And um, if you don't, if you're not stimulating your body in that way, then you're going to you're going to stagnate. So whether it's, you know, music or painting, you know, I'd paint as well whether it's trying to go do some dance, whether it's just getting out and you know, ice skating, whatever, you know, just, just go out there and do stuff. A lot of people don't do things or do enough things. Um, yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday. I've been doing podcasts all, all week, last week. I'm scheduling them like crazy. We were talking about, um, you know, people are, are halted to do something because they're overwhelmed with how to go about starting something. And, um, one of my like uh, philosophies going into this year is just start out simply and then be consistent and then start mm-hmm. to adjust along the way, whatever it is. Like, I think that's the, one of the main hurdles that people have to get over. It's like, Oh my God, how do I start a workout program? How do I go about losing weight? It's like so overwhelming that people are halted and they don't have the energy or the, they can't muster enough oomph to go ahead and, and start something. You know what I mean? It's so good for your brain. It's so good for your body to challenge yourself in new ways, not only to do things that you're naturally inclined to do, but to go out of left field and do something that 
you think that you might be able to do with a little hard work, consistency, um, you know, your, your, your tagline on your Instagram, which really caught me, you know, diligence, discipline, and dedication, which I, you know, I do, I do want to touch on. Um, but one, before we go there, I, to wrap up like the whole music thing, how has, how has your new love or not new, but like your love for fitness and taking care of your alignment and posture and muscle as your muscles, your, your mindset, like how has that, or how did that affect the way you played as a musician? Um, well, mindfulness has a huge thing to do with it. Um, as the, the way that I play, uh, it took me a long time to, to kind of realize that, you know, playing music isn't about, and just like anything, it's not about how talented you are or how many notes you can play or like how impressive you are to other people. Um, playing music is just about playing something that sounds good and is appropriate, right? So, you know, a lot of, especially drummers, they get caught up in learning all these really complicated techniques or really complicated fills or trying to do things that sound impressive. Uh, but really, your role as the drummer, you got to play four on the floor, man. You got to hit those, you got to hit those beats and right. just stay steady and support the band. So what I'm really focused on now, rather than kind of you know, showing out, is just playing what's appropriate for that moment in whatever song that I'm playing. And the same thing goes with your body. You know, you got to be mindful. Uh, you got to listen to your body. Your body will tell you exactly what it wants and what it needs. And uh, if you can get your mind and your body to work together, that's where you get the best results, the maximum, maximum efficiency. Yeah. Max potential. Mm -hmm. I, I say that, I say that all the time and I'm a, you know, I'm a high school teacher. I, I teach in so many different facets, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a fitness class or whether it's in the high school or, or coaching on the field. I also coach soccer and, and, and you know, football, I play flag football, I kick and punt. Right. Like no matter what venue you're, you're putting your information out there. Um, it's just, it's important to, to teach the people that, you're in front of that your mind, like how you said it perfectly, your mind will tell your body what it needs. And you used a word that I think is very good and appropriate, no pun intended, but appropriate. Like your body will tell you what's appropriate and you need to give it. And a lot of times we, we want to avoid what our body may tell us or what our mind is telling us so that we could fulfill some other facade in our head, you know, whatever it is. But yeah, man, your body tells you, what's up and you need to give it what it needs. And, uh, that's why I'm so adamant about this whole, like, like working unconventionally. Like I'm a real huge fan of kettlebells. I got into kettlebells first. Um, and from there moving into the steel mace and, and working with people from Viking Ninja. Um, oh, nice. you worked with yeah, boy dude, Eric. It's, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You work with Eric. Uh, yeah. Uh, Isik you're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the Viking Ninja headquarters is out here like 10 minutes down the street from my house. And when I went yeah, over cool. there for the Onyx kettlebell certification, you know, with Primal Swolger, Marcus yeah. Martinez, um, I just, I saw a new way of teaching. I saw a new way of putting things together on top of how to really learn kettlebells properly, you know, um, it was amazing, you know, and then from there stemmed a whole bunch of relationships with guys from that gym and, and, you know, learning about Viking Ninja and, and, and doing steel mace and, you know, ego list training and, 
and uh, alignment of the spine and, and strengthening the strengthening the muscles around the spine and and your mental approach. And I'm just so interested in what this has to offer our environment, what this has to offer the people that live on this earth. It's, it's so, it, is, it doesn't have to be so long and, no, and so intricate. Like you can do this type of shit anywhere and not, you're not just going to benefit physically from it. You're going to, you're going to benefit mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and all this shit like kind of like comes together, you know? And like I said, it doesn't take a lot of time. What it does take is, I mean, I guess learning these, these, uh, these techniques to the best of your ability so you don't fuck yourself up yeah, you know absolutely. that's such, that's such an important thing about kettlebells and, and steel mace and clubs and animal flow it's like you need it you need to learn these movements and that obviously takes the most time but once you you start to know these types of things we we get into what's called flow state right mm -hmm. and i compare so many times being in a kettlebell flow or a yoga flow or a steel mace flow to being in flow state in real life and and your teacher so uh, let me let me ask you this how many times in your career have you felt like you were just letting the muse take over when you taught you got out of the you got out of the driver's seat and you just let yourself take over does that did that ever happen to you all the time yeah especially teaching I think, yoga Dude, yeah, for sure. I think the more humans can tap into that, wh whatever it is that you're doing, whatever it is that you're doing, the more that we can tap into that flow, the better off we're going to be long term. I don't know like what science there is to back that up, but we will have a more of a fulfilling life. We'll have a longer life if we can tap into that flow state more and more. And I feel like my podcast has, has become this how do you dip into flow state more how can we use our surroundings our understanding our mindful movements practices of meditation and breath work um fulfilling your life with passionate providing value uh, passionate value to people like how can we do that more and more so that we can tap into this so-called flow state tap into the muse and just be healthier living creatures you know what i'm saying oh absolutely yeah for me the flow state feels like uh it's just when your mind and body and possibly, you know, your spirit or whatever that you would call that, that yeah. whenever your mind and body are on the same page, you know what I mean, when they're, if they're reading the same thing at the same time, and they're acting in harmony, um, and that that's what kind of maximizes your potential with your movements or um, whatever it is that you're doing in that moment, where you find that flow state. Yeah, for sure, man. I think it's so important. And uh, like, I'm just I'm super grateful to like, reach out to a guy like you. Um, and we, we have a conversation like this, you know, and it, it takes turns to where like, oh, my God, like you're a musician. And how can we relate, you know, all this stuff that we're talking about with with posture and alignment and exercise and flow state to like, music and, you know, somebody who who's listening to this can can take bits and pieces of this conversation and hopefully apply it to whatever it is that they're doing in their life, too. You know, and I think that's the beauty of social media and the Internet and and all that. Um, so an, another place that I want to kind of take this conversation to is um, are you affiliated with on it anyway? Like, do you how did how did you like learn about these style of movements or or Viking Ninja? And you, you, you know, you know about Eric or Isik he goes by. So like, what's mm -hmm. your history with with that type of thing? I'm not I'm not affiliated professionally anyway with um, on it or Viking Ninja. Um, I started out kettlebell and mace training sort of kind of all of a sudden. 
Um, <clears throat> I was getting back into the gym, trying to, you know, turn my life into this direction of wellness and mindfulness. And then a friend of mine who, man, this is, uh, my buddy, my buddy, Thomas, one of the strongest people I know. Shout out to Thomas Argoot. Um, hell yeah, Thomas. He's, uh, he's one of the strongest people that I've ever known. He's a big boy and he throws the weight around like it's nobody's business. So he was sort of getting me into the zone and he took me out to his gym and, uh, this was, <laughs> and he just kind of threw me in the deep end. He's like, yeah, here, take this mace. I remember I started out with a 10 pounder trying to get the swings down. I know you're not necessarily supposed to start with 360s, but we yeah. were swinging maces. <laughs> Definitely um, an advanced movement. Yeah. So, and he he was guiding me through that. Um, I picked up the mace fairly quickly, and then and then the, this is when I did my first ever deadlift. <laughs> I think I think <laughs> I picked up the barbell with uh, what's the bar with 35s on it, like 115 or something. Yeah. Anyway, you know, so I was struggling to move this weight around. And then, and then he was having me throw these kettlebells around. He's like, oh yeah, here, grab this uh, 40, 40 pound kettlebell and, a, you know, do like a bent press. And I nearly broke my back doing that. With yeah. Wow. Talk about being thrown into the deep end. Like these, I mean, that I got, like I was saying earlier, like that's the thing that takes the longest time is to learn this stuff. But I mean, if, if you're just doing it every day, your body starts to like adapt to these movements, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I actually did uh, suffer like a pretty bad back injury that day. So, oh, I, no shit. so uh, I was out of commission for about six months, but, uh, I mean, that's the type of thing that taught me that, okay, you, you gotta, you gotta be, uh, gotta be mindful about the way that you're moving here. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta listen to your body. And if your body tells you, Hey man, I'm not ready for this. Don't do this. Yeah. Um, you definitely gotta act, act accordingly, act appropriately. Um, but yeah, it's funny cause I, I had a, I had a lot of difficulties with my shoulder from, you know, drumming, having bad posture, sleeping bad. Um, I do want to touch real quickly on a lot of people say, Oh man, my shoulder hurts. Why is my shoulder hurt? You know, something like an overwhelming amount of shoulder injuries come from just bad sleeping. Yes. Yeah. Such it, a good point. It's uh, that, that to me was, uh, I was like, man, I didn't realize how bad sleeping is for you. Um, anyway, well, when you, when you're tossing and turning, I have a problem with this too. Like I don't like subconsciously, like, I don't know what the heck's going on in my head when I'm in my deep sleep or just about to get out of deep sleep, but I like to toss and turn like crazy. But mm -hmm. I, I've, I've known that the best sleep that you can get is just flat on your back, head up tall. Like, you know, you want to make sure that you got a, a, a sufficient mattress. Like that's, it's very, very important. Yeah. I've been using this, uh, bear mattress, um, not, not a sponsor, but uh, it's it's like design. Have you ever heard about this? The bear mattress? No, no, I've never heard about bear. I have a Tempur Pedic, which is obviously something that's Ooh, really nice. well known. Yeah, the, the bear mattress isn't super expensive, not like a Tempur Pedic is, but it's one of those bed in a box that you get. And yeah. supposedly it's it's designed for athletes or whatever. Um, it's got this something called salient technology, um, salient um, fabrics that they use as the mattress cover. And I don't know much about the science, but it's supposed to be somehow takes your, your heat energy from your body and turns it into infrared and like helps hmm. your blood flow while you're sleeping. It, it sounds very woo woo, you know, kind of like some ooga booga, but, uh, right, right. but I mean, who knows? I'm, I like the bed. It's nice and firm. Uh, 
I don't know if it the, the effects are profound or anything. They're marginal. Well, I mean, best, just but. I mean, you seem like somebody who's pretty in in tune with what their body and, and mind is telling them. Um, how long have you had the mattress? Uh, well, I've exceeded the 90 day trial period. So, so how <laughs> do you feel now? Um, yeah. <laughs> how do you feel in, this, in the last three months? I feel like that's a sufficient amount of time to really kind of get a good feel for something. Yeah, I think that it it does what it says it does. But to a to a degree that's going to be noticeable that I, you know, with these types of things, a lot of people buy something and expect a miracle. But I I bought it. I, was, I said, okay, I'll try it out. If I don't like it, I'll return it and get a different one. Cause you know, there's no shortage of companies that have hundred day trials for their mattresses. Uh, but I what's mean, I like it enough to your, keep it. So Cool, man. What's your, um, your shoulder pain level like now? I mean, do you have oh, bad shoulder pain still? I have, um, I still have a little bit of posture issues and imbalances, but mm-hmm. yeah, my shoulder is pretty much, uh, I can do push ups and bench press again, which I haven't done in the past, uh, seven months. So I'm starting to get back into getting back into it, building my chest up. Yeah. Cause I'm, yeah. So I had this shoulder, I thought it was an impingement or everyone's like, Oh, you might have a torn rotator cuff I and mean, everybody has their two cents. But what right. I found out <laughs> is it was actually a pec minor injury or a strain mm-hmm in my pec that was pulling my shoulder out of alignment. So I started doing some, you know, just uh, self therapy here. Um, you know, getting these right stretches, doing some F, um, FR functional range and conditioning exercises. Uh, yeah. And, you know, just working that shoulder and being consistent with it and going easy on it. You know, it's just rest and constant maintenance is what brought my shoulder back from I thought I was never going to be able to do an overhead press again, or I thought I was never gonna be able to bench said, Oh, this is my life. I'm just never going to do pushups. <laughs> which is which is how a lot of people think about things. You know, yeah. it's like, Oh, fuck it, I won't be able to figure this out. So, you know, I'm just gonna let it be. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I always uh, encourage people to just a lot of times shoulder injuries aren't necessarily or shoulder pain doesn't necessarily come from your shoulder. Uh, so I always like to explore other possibilities there but yeah like i said uh now i'm benching again slowly building up my chest strength i did 200 push-ups last night which is a huge milestone for me um and uh, i'm able to do overhead presses with uh no discomfort so i'm feeling fairly confident that my shoulder is ready for action which is perfect cool how do you you feel with like uh how how do you feel like the uh the mace and doing 360 work and and stuff like that has helped rehab your shoulder Oh man, it's uh, an invaluable uh, asset. The mace. It really is. Uh, I I love the mace. It just it makes you it makes your body feel good, and you know that's that's um, some people are like, oh, doesn't, doesn't that hurt? Doesn't it do this? Like, no, it makes my body feel good, and yeah. when my body says yes, you know that's what I'm gonna keep doing. So. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. I I've just started using the mace. I would say when I did Viking Ninja it was the, the well, maybe a little bit before Viking Ninja. I started messing around with it, so that was in August mm-hmm. of this of 2018. So now we're in 2019, and I've been doing some work with it. You know, somewhat every day. You know, every day I'm doing something with it, and I, I couldn't agree with you more, Mac. It makes your body feel good, and that's what I tell my clients. That's what I tell my athletes. That's what I tell my students. Like the whole idea about exercise is not to make you feel run down and shitty. It's to make you feel better. Like this mm. is the whole idea behind exercise. And uh, 
you know, I just, I want, I want to be as clear as I can about that. We're supposed to maximize our potential, maximize our energy levels. And, and as we age and we want, we want to feel as best we've ever felt, especially, you know, at 29 and 30, you know, like, well, this is like the golden period. I mean, we, obviously you don't want to be a professional athlete by the time you're 40, 45, but it's happening now nonetheless. But mm, like absolutely. in this time, 28, 29, 30, into the 40s, into the 50s. We want to make sure that we're keeping our our muscles strong, our bones strong. We're we're, we're uh, you know a lot of people say that um, it's a it's a work the mace is a workout for your mind because the way you're moving it around and thinking about the patterns and the flows that you're doing. Like we want to stimulate all that as we age, so that we can live longer, so we could extract as much excitement and happiness out of each moment. I think is the the main idea here, you know. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. With the the mace or the kettlebell or any of these, um, how people would call them, functional tools. Yeah, I mean, if if you're not being mindful of the way you're moving, that's the shortcut to injury right there. Yes. Um, especially, you know, you're you're swinging around up to 40 50 pounds you know and you, you're putting your body in extremely compromising situations a lot of the time um so if, if you're not careful and you're not listening to your body then yeah you, it kind of it kind of puts you into that state where you'd be very conscious of the way your feet are grounded you know how's my core engaged um what's what's happening in, inside my body when i'm going through these these movements um, yeah breathing patterns yeah. The, the momentum of where the, the the object is moving the 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 uh, external awareness the internal awareness all of this stuff it's it's valuable it's valuable mm -hmm. to everyday life you know um how long are, are are you able to to do kettlebell snatches yet? How do you feel mm -hmm. about that? Yeah, I just started doing overhead snatches um, within the last couple of weeks, uh, and I'm been fairly successful. I was using a pood and a half uh, the other day, which is I didn't wasn't expecting to be able to throw a overhead snatch with a. I don't how much explain explain to the to listeners what the what, what the pood means. I don't really know to be honest. I know a pood and a half is like fifty something pounds. So I was uh, I was doing some reading yesterday about like history of kettlebells and how um, you know it goes back to the 1700s in Russia. Pavel Tatsulin making yeah. up you know the the routines to train you know the Russian army and and, and Russian whatever. Um, but I, I remember reading something about the pood and how they they wait. They, that's how they waited it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so just a fun fun fact for for people out there that need to or want to learn a little bit about this this unique tool that i've been throwing around on my instagram for a whole year it's like danny stop throwing around these kettlebells what are you doing every day it's kettlebell this kettlebell that i'm like well i feel that strongly that it can really be a savior to people's lives and it's so convenient and you can do it anywhere i have a kettlebell sitting on my kitchen table right now i throw it out there and show people on instagram there, look, it's just chilling here. I can do swings if I want to. I can smooth, you know, swing this around, get into a, I tell my Amazon Alexa to put five minutes on the timer and I'll just sit there and I'll flow and I'll put some music on and I'll press and I'll do rotational stuff. Moving in different planes of motion, Mac, and I'm sure you can back me up on this, is so important. Not to, not to say that these linear pressing and pulling and squatting and they don't have any purpose because they do. They're so beneficial. But mm -hmm. to get moving in different planes of motion, squatting and, and doing thrusters and rotational planes and swinging laterally, like all this stuff is so good for how the body should be moving and failing, you know? 
Oh, I mean, 100%. That's uh, something that's extremely important because this is what your body is designed to do. Your body yeah. is designed to pick things up in semi-awkward positions. It's designed to swing things around. It's designed to move in multiple planes at the gym. Uh, so people get stuck in these, I'm doing a push, I'm doing a pull, I'm doing a squat, you know, uh, but there's an infinite amount of different ways you can move your body that are healthy and that your body wants to do. Your body craves this type of movement. And when you're not exploring all these different ranges of motion, you're losing a lot of strength in a lot of areas uh, that are essential. And it's it's crazy the results that people see, or for me personally, I can't speak for anybody else, but it's, it's ridiculous. The, the results that I've seen from just learning to move in new ways, how that strength translates into every other aspect of, you know, you, your overall fitness, you know, being able to do some lateral movements, it helps out your squat. It helps out your deadlift, you know, it's, oh, yeah. uh, it, all your traditional lifts, your auxiliary strength, um, does definitely play a huge role in those larger muscle groups and those big. Yeah. Lifts. I feel like, you know, as, as like, you know, you were talking about your, you know, crappy posture as a drummer or like as a guitarist or like a lot of people, they are hunched over their desk at work, right? Like muscle imbalances occur without mm -hmm. even no us knowing. You know, and because you have a tight pec minor, you're going to have some shoulder pain or it might even translate to some crazy ass knee pain on your opposite side. You know, like these imbalances occur. And I feel like moving in multi planes and multi directionals with kettlebell, with steel mace. Uh, and another thing I want to do, talk to you about a little bit and, and try to see if you know anything about animal flow, like stuff like that. It strengthens those imbalances and it will translate to everything else that you do which is the one thing that um i really want to stress here and and you said it helped you it's definitely helped me and i can attest to 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 a lot of my clients feeling way better about their physical and mental shape after doing these kettlebell steel mace body weight movements combined with presses and pulls combined with breath work com combined with sleeping properly and and sleeping uh, consistently and you know getting in tune with your circadian rhythm combining it with a nutritional uh, plan or guidelines you know seeing what works with your body seeing what doesn't work going after a purpose and and and, and living with passion and excreting love like a combination of all these things, like you are setting yourself up for so many levels of success. It's not even funny. I feel yeah. really strongly about that. Yeah, me too, man. Everything you just said, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you got to you gotta live and do things with an intention and a good intention. Yeah. yeah fuck yeah, dude. Um, let me let me break down a little bit. Like you seem like, the, and I, you know, for anyone listening, I I've reached out to you on Instagram. I don't know you, but just from this thirty six minutes that we've been talking now, I get a feel for you being really self aware. Like you said at the being the beginning of the podcast, like you weren't in a good place mentally, physically. So you kind of reevaluated and you started to change up your behavior based on what your body was telling you, which is a skill that people need to uh, understand that they have. Right. Mm -hmm. So what's your morning routine like? Or do you do you practice meditation? Do you practice breath work? Yeah, do you have like a routine that helps you out? <laughs> I wish I did. Um, that unfortunately, and this is, you know, something that I'm also very self self aware about is 
how horrible my sleeping patterns are and Mm -hmm. how shitty my morning routine is. Um, I mean, I know what I'm supposed to do, but it doesn't work for me that way uh, because the way that my schedule is, I mean, let me give you a rundown of an average day. Yeah, give me that rundown. What's Mac Bain's life like? So if I'm working, right, I wake up at 3.30 in the morning. I throw whatever clothes I can find on, get coffee, hop in the car, ride to the studio. I teach 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. and work at the studio for a couple hours. Uh, I stuff my face somewhere in between the, you know, working and, um, teaching, uh, get my breakfast in. Then I get home, I eat more, I take a nap Then I wake up, eat more, go to the gym, come back and go to sleep. So my sleeping patterns are just all over the place. And I know that that's not optimal. And I know that, uh, but that's just the way that my life is right now is I get sleep when I can and I do my best. Um, do my best to get by. And on days that I'm not working, I still get up at three in the morning, um, throw, throw coffee down my throat and I get in the gym. I do a couple of hit classes, get my heart rate up, get my body moving and then rinse and repeat, come back, uh, eat some more, go to sleep, get up, eat some more, go to the gym. Uh, nice dude. That's a jam packed day. I mean, that's, Dude, I could totally relate. I'm in the I'm in the same exact boat as you, dude. I swear to God. But uh, to to go back on the whole like sleeping patterns being optimal. I mean, I've read things and listened to things where you know the the nap people that nap regularly it could be just as efficient as an eight hour consistent eight hour sleep schedule. Like you know, people grew up in different or people's DNA were brought up in different parts of the world. Like Mm -hmm. there's not a one size fits all routine for everybody that's going to optimize each person. Now, there may be some things that work with a general population. That's that that's for sure. But like maybe maybe the naps do work for you. Who's to say that it doesn't fucking work like you're you're killing it. You're impacting, uh, you know, thousands of people regularly with your classes and and your Instagram and all that shit. And you know, you still get to live your life too. And and it is what it is right now. You're 29, you're doing your thing. And it's dude, it's just, it's just temporary. Like there are, there are definitely uh, directions that anybody can go. And and just from looking at, at your, your, your Instagram and just talking to you from this short time, like I, I believe strongly and I feel pretty strongly, even though we're through a computer here that your future, your upside is, is so high, depending or no matter where you want to go with yourself, man. Oh, hey, man. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Very kind words. Um, And yeah, and like I said before, um, what what I'm doing now seems to be working. So I'm going to keep doing that for me. And I want to go back and touch on take a little segue here to something that you said, uh, like one size does not fit all for a daily routine, right? Yeah, and that's uh, 100% absolutely true for any aspect of you know what whatever you're doing whether it's a, a training program whether it's diet whether it's sleep a lot of people ask me about dieting and uh you know i know a lot of people who are 100 plant-based that doesn't work for me um a lot of people ask me like oh like wh- what do you eat <laughs> say what i eat is not going to work for you because i'm eating close to five thousand calories a day you know it's and right the, and i i need that to just you know, keep my body going. Right. And then uh, that, that's your thing. It's making you, it's, it's working for you at the moment in time mm-hmm. until something sparks up in your brain where you're like, well, 
I'm not feeling good. I want to change. I want to do something different. And then your behavior changes. I think, you know, you're self-aware enough to do that. And like I said, a lot of people have that ability. They just choose not to exercise it for some strange reason. Like, you know, we talk about diet. Um, you're right. There's not a one size fits all diet. There are plenty of plant-based people that are optimized. There are plenty of carnivore people that are optimized. Like for me, what works really well is, uh, you know, a 12 to 16 hour intermittent fast daily. Um, when I want to stay as lean as possible, I know that I can't have a ton of carbs. I need to put myself in a caloric deficit, which is really, you know, what we have to do if we want to, you know, optimize our, our lean muscle mass and drop body fat is, you know, I feel like, and, and that's again, it's it, no, it's not exactly what we have to do. Cause for you, you're eating 5,000 calories, but you're probably, you know, expending a whole ton as well. But like I'm saying for me, minimizing my carbohydrates to stay lean is what I have to do. And, you know, refeeding myself carbohydrates periodically is what I need to do. But if I'm just like eating processed crap, overloading on the pasta, then I'm not as lean as I want to be. And that's another thing too. It's like, what is your desired outcome? Like, what do you want to look like? That's different for everybody. You know what I'm saying? So the, the approach that you kind of go for is in the mindset of where you physically see yourself and where you want to be. And even your own perception of yourself is a million times different than how somebody else views you. And like we get so caught up in our own head on like our appearance that it's just wasted energy. But at the same time, like we do know where we want to be and we and, you know, maybe a guy like you always wants to achieve more and look better and get stronger and feel better all the time because there's always something that you want to achieve and there's always a better feeling that you want to like go for. I feel like I, I mean, that's how I feel anyway. Um but it's every it's like it's the, the the conclusion of what I'm saying here is everyone's so individualized, everyone's so different, everyone has a different perception of where they want to be and how how they're perceived and how they perceive others. That you got to find what what works for you, and that's a lot of trial and error and 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 guesswork and inspiration and and listening to other people who've done it, and again more trial and error and reconfiguration and and, and the thing is we have we have the means to do it, we have the technology to learn, we have the the places to go and and, and do these types of things. We just gotta get up and go do it. Yeah, you just gotta do it, man. <laughs> That's it. And, and let, let's, let's talk a little bit about your, your, your three D's up there that are on your Instagram, the diligence, the discipline, the dedication. It's uh, I love those three words. It's something that, you know, I subconsciously and consciously talk about all the time as a teacher, as a coach, as, you know, like I said, I hate using the word influencer, but be that as it may. Um, I really, I really like these, these, these words, these definitions. Why, why are you so adamant about even, you know, putting that on your Instagram? Like, what's that about? I mean, it's it's just something that um, it clicks with me a lot. I say it verbally in in real life far too often, and uh, you know, people get sick of it. You know, I'm like, come on, man, where's your diligence? Where's your discipline? <laughs> Dedication. They're just like, shut up. <laughs> but, um, I'm with you. <laughs> but it's, that's a that's a huge it's a huge part of my life. And again, that's just something that it it clicks with me. It rings true with what I'm working for in my life. Uh, diligence. Um, I looked up the word diligence, and it uh, the first thing that popped up on Google or whatever is uh, I think it was something to the effect of uh, careful and persistent work or effort. And so that sort of represents 
um, being mindful and being consistent in whatever you're doing. So, you know, careful and persistent. If you're talking about a movement, you know, you're moving carefully and you're moving constantly. You're persistent in your, um, you know, moving your body in ways that are beneficial to you. You can apply that to other areas, mindfulness, wellness, or diet. You know, if you're, uh, if you're careful and you're persistent, that's two of the the keys to success and to finding results right there. Um, so that was diligence and discipline. Discipline, it was an interesting one to me because it, apparently the, the definition of discipline is slightly different than the definition of self-discipline. So discipline traditionally uh, means that you train or control something with uh, some sort of reinforcement, punishment. Um, and most people, you know, aren't going to punish themselves. You know, you're not going to self flagellate every time you take a bite of a cookie or whatever. Um, I hope I used that word correctly. Um, I, I think you're, you're good. You're good. You're golden. Keep going. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so it's, it's about, it's about self control. It's about, um, you know, just getting to that point where you get up in the morning and you're like, Oh, I'm tired. It's like, okay, so get up and do something. You know, it's like, oh, I really want to eat this cookie. It's like, no, you want to eat some steak or you want to eat some uh, vegetables. You want to, what, what you're putting into your body, you got to be disciplined. So, so to me, discipline is about being able to control something because that's what uh, discipline is, is finding a, some sort of control. And then dedication is simply the commitment that you make to yourself to have this have this be a part of your life uh and that's uh, the hardest thing for a lot of people to wrap their minds around is that it health wellness fitness is not something that you're going to do for a little bit you're like when people say i'm going to go on a diet right that is no you're not you're going to diet for the rest of your life you're, yeah. you're going to focus on nutrition there is no going on a diet there's just eating healthy or not right um and of course, I'm not saying you can't ever eat a hamburger because I'm definitely eating a whole pizza to myself every now and then. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, the the dedication is the commitment that you make to yourself to get up every morning, to move your body, to treat your body the way that it deserves to be treated. And that's my three D's. Hell yeah, dude. I uh, I really I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that as a coach, as somebody of influence, like I you know, I feed off your energy, man. I really do. I feed off guys like you and, you know, the, the different podcasts that I listen to, like, you know, Aubrey Marcus or Rogan or any of the comedians that I listen to, or like a Gary V or Ben Greenfield, who's a fucking beast. Or, oh, he's great, you know, man. Yeah. He always got how, he always interesting things to say for sure. <laughs> ben Greenfield, dude, he's, he's very, dude, he's on another level of brilliant. I swear to God. Mm -hmm. And if I could, if I could, articulate things and understand things at the speed at which that guy does things, then I'm putting myself in a good situation. And I know the more I listen to him, the more I try to increase my bandwidth with meditation and, and reading and, you know, doing uh, and using supplements like lion's mane or, um, you know, what new, some sort of nootropic or whatever it is that, that could increase my bandwidth and, mm -hmm. and really get down and understand the complicated uh, intricacies of the body and, and to, to explain them in a way that regular individuals could understand them. 
like that's that's a skill that not a lot of people have ben greenfield is one of the best at it i swear to god and sometimes you can get a little thick but you know all There's in all he goes in the deep end man for sure <laughs> he really does and he goes on this, these tangents and he's just like well you know heart rate variability and blah, 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 blah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 i gotta pause it to fucking understand what that one thing is so that i could understand what the other thing he's talking about and how that affects that first thing yeah you know it's it's crazy, and then you know guys like Tim Ferriss who are just you know at the top of their game, and I feed off all this shit, and I, I really get inspired, and I just I don't know, man. I want to uh, I want to create, and I want to make this world as best as possible, and and I want to do my part to contribute to that, and I think that it all fucking comes around eventually, you know. Mm-hmm, sure does. Um. There was a couple things that I wanted to to tag on to this, and uh, I, I had a podcast last night with a, a friend of mine. You know, we play football together, and we talked about visualization and like visualization practices, and and like getting your mind to think about exactly what you're trying to achieve or what you're trying to get out of this, or you know, visualize what your intent is, and then um, setting a time for reflection. I think that those two things combined with diligence, discipline, and dedication give, you know, give people that fourth D direction. Ah, and I like it. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, I don't know, man. I, I just, uh, I really, I really appreciate your time and I really appreciate your wisdom. And I think that, um, you know, you got a lot going on and um, I want, I want to share this type of information with people. So do me a favor, Mac, and, and tell the listeners where they can uh, find some of your stuff or where they can follow you and see what you're doing. You can find me and all of my, uh, all of my content is on my Instagram at moving.mindfully. Moving.mindfully. Mm-hmm. Awesome, dude. Uh, again, I can't, I can't thank you enough for your time. And uh, I really, I really uh, wish that we can do this again in the future. Yeah, for sure. Or if we're wrapping things up, I do want to touch on really quickly one more thing. That Please, I didn't, dude. That there, I, there, that I, I, have, I don't up. have any agenda. I have a dentist appointment at one p.m. I just, yeah, keep, keep tell me what you got for sure. Cool. I'll just, I'll be real quick about it. Um, don't, but, don't be real quick. Do your this, thing. <laughs> well, this is just something that we did, we didn't touch on at all, and it's something that I think is very important, and just something that I like to spread the word about. Um, and uh, it's, it's this barefoot thing, man. Uh, foot health is one of those things that is extremely overlooked and i could i could literally talk for another hour just about feet about you know i'm actually i'm actually interested in this i'm actually interested in this because uh the 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 ground grounding right being grounded getting your your foot out of a shoe and the feeling of touching grass or sand or the floor and strengthening the the little baby muscles in your feet that have atrophied because of your constant cast that's been on there since you've been little um and how important it is for like health overall and and being primal and shit do you tell me about it what do you know about it well i don't know about all the uh the, the grounding stuff to me, that's, you know, I, I certainly feel really cool when I'm out, you know, <laughs> um, barefoot, uh, yeah. it makes me feel good. I can tell that my, yeah. that's what my body wants, but there's, I mean, a, a million different reasons to either train barefoot. Um, I'm definitely the dude who's at the gym wearing just socks. Um, no matter, no matter what, 
Uh, I wear my sandals, my earth runner sandals as often and as much as I can. And if I'm not wearing those, and if I'm not in my socks, I'm wearing some sort of minimalist barefoot um, athletic shoe or running shoe. And there's a million different brands out there. Um, I, like I said, I could talk for another hour just on foot health and, uh, barefoot stuff. But I just encourage anyone who's, who's listening right now to do the research yourself. Take 20 minutes, uh, just type in benefits of barefoot, this and that. Go to a couple of the different resources, a couple of the different shoe manufacturers that do this. Vivo Barefoot, Earth Runners, Zero Shoes. Just go check them out, hear what they have to say, and try it, right? Buy yourself a pair of these shoes and see what it does for you. You can you, like, You'll notice the results and taking care of your feet, You know, getting your foot stretching in, um, foot strengthening, working on balance, uh, doing exercises like short foot, or I've got this awesome little uh, sort of hard plastic pad that I stand on every night for about 20 minutes. Uh, I think it's it's from Zero Shoes. It's called the, the Rock Mat or something. But basically, hmm. it's got these hard plastic balls that you just kind of stand on and wiggle your feet around on, and it stimulates your feet. Because not only are there a bunch of physical benefits to getting your feet moving because like you said your feet are wrapped up real tight in these socks and these shoes and your feet don't feel anything there's all a million different sensors on the bottom of your foot and that's the thing that spends the most time connected with the ground connected with the earth that's where your entire foundation for your entire body starts and uh you know, stimulating that is very important when you're when you're wearing shoes and socks constantly, especially tight ones that kind of crunch your feet up. Not only is that physically bad for your feet, ankles, knees, hips, and your overall posture, but you're kind of you're starving your brain of that um, the external stimuli that would otherwise be there by just simply getting your naked foot to touch things. You know, like uh, grass, rocks, whatever. Just try to get that stimulation in, man. Dude, that's so important. And I, since we're on the topic, you know, I'm a field goal kicker and, and I punt. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been doing this consistently since like 2009, 2010. And a lot of it was very like, uh, I just want to crush the ball as hard as I can. And, and no, there was no like real mechanics behind it until like, you know, now where in my, you know, my late 20s, early 30s, where I started to you know, move mindfully, you know, no pun intended here, mm-hmm. uh, but like really know how I was moving. But what I was doing for like a lot of that time was hitting the ground really hard with my toe, my big toe before I would contact the ball. Like I would glaze the ground and you do that hundreds of times in a week. Yeah. You develop, I've developed some sort of like, um, it's been like, like a fat, big, big, um, like a bone in my big toe, like the, the first metatarsal is just looks like it's got arthritis. It's just a little bit fatter. I would, I'm going to say a lot of bit fatter than my left foot big toe. So to break this down for me, what the fuck do I have to do to get both my toes looking normal again? Oh, I don't know about that, man. <laughs> God damn, I thought you would be able to help. <laughs> there's a certain amount of damage you can do to your foot to where it's it's just gonna it's just gonna be like that. And just because it looks different, I mean, right now my the pinky toe on my right foot is ballooned up to about twice the size, maybe one point five times the size of the pinky toe on my left foot. It's because hmm. I've broken that toe so many times. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it happens, especially with your feet. Um, 
uh, but I mean, it'll heal up. It may look a little different, but it should have retain maximum or optimal functionality as long as you're being mindful about your feet, taking care of your feet, doing all the right things, listening to your body and all that good stuff. Yeah, I definitely feel that it's gotten it's way it's way better than it was. Like I started I, when I was in college, I was in college from like 20, 2010 to 2013. And then the last five years, I haven't been kicking nearly as much as I did when I was in college, but I still kick and I and I play competitive flag football and uh, it's definitely better. And I'm more mindful of the way I kick the ball. I, I, I barely glaze the ground anymore. It's just like mm-hmm. a straight contact. The ball goes further and, and the height of the ball is much better. And I'm way more consistent. However, you know, it's still kind of fat. So you're saying it's not it's not like the worst thing to think about it being and looking a little bit differently as opposed to how it's feeling and all that, right? Yeah, I don't think so. And is that, is that a fairly common thing, having your toe glaze the ground like that as far as field goal kickers go? Well, you know, everyone's got their own unique style. And I guess the way I naturally did it, I would glaze the ground a little bit. And um, I've noticed when I stopped glazing the ground, my kicks would just go a little bit further and, and, and higher. It's just, you know, you do something with bad you know, bad habits for a long time. It's, it's hard yeah. to, it's hard to break that. And I never, I mean, I did work with, with, with kicking coaches and, and whatnot back in the day, but you know, it's hard, it's hard to see that you know, if you're kicking it on grass, it's hard to see where you're glazing the ground. Like you really need to be kicking on turf and, and seeing where like your footprints are and all that stuff. Um, like I'm not like I can still kick no problem. It doesn't hurt. I can walk on my toes. It's no problem. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, where I do sometimes feel bits of pain is when I get uh, a high toe, like in like some sort of like reverse lunge or front lunge, you know, that I might have a little bit of pain, but Really, I mean, it's it's doable. It's just okay. I, I know that my my big toe is fatter, and there's going to be a little bit more of a you know a discomfort. I guess it's called. It's just I guess it's, it's a discomfort. But um, but I do think that it is important, and uh, working out barefoot is something that people should at least consider and do the research at the very least. Yeah, man. Just uh, if if you're getting any discomfort, I'd recommend checking out some uh, foot and toe exercises, mobility or flexibility drills is that'll uh, get you right back up to speed, man. And I feel like the toe thing is probably just a, a consequence of the environment. Similar, I would equate it to like cauliflower ear for wrestlers or yeah. for like arm okay. wrestlers who have like one giant arm, you know? It's, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, just, uh, it's yeah. just what you use, you know, you're using that toe a lot. So it's going to, something's going to be a little different. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, dude, this has been awesome and I want to respect your time and we are just at an hour right now and it felt like, you know, like it just went by really fast. It was an easy flowing conversation. Like I said, dude, I appreciate your time and all your knowledge and wisdom and your inspiration and all that. And I, I hope that we get to do this again, man. Yeah, man, absolutely. I'm down. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. Had a lot of fun doing this. A lot of good conversations. It's always good to talk to a like-minded individual, someone on the, uh, on the team, you know what I mean? Absolutely, man. Uh, Again, I appreciate everything. And uh, we'll stop it at that, man. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, have a beautiful, beautiful 2019. And that's the podcast, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. It was an awesome conversation. Make sure to follow Mac on Instagram at moving.mindfully. And check out some of his kettlebell, steel mace, bodyweight flows. The dude can move. And he knows how to do it properly. And he is of value to many people because just copy what he does and you'll start to feel better. I promise. Now, that being said, 
go check out Action Coffee, actioncoffee.com. It's not actioncoffee.com. It's www.drinkaction.com. 12% off when you use promo code Danny. If you are interested in fitting your juicy thighs and arms into some clothes that fit nicely and make your body look nice and jacked, then go to barbell.com. Bar- Don't go to barbell.com. Go to barbellapparel.com and check out the clothes that they got over there. And if you are interested in getting something, let me give you 10% off because that's what I'm going to do. You can use promo code Danny again at the checkout. That's it, everybody. Check out my Instagram at Danny Cola Fitness, you know, and I'll show you some of my latest kettlebell flows and some field goals. I'm, I'm interested in posting some field goals on the Instagram. Maybe we'll get a couple kickers on the podcast and we'll talk kicking. So that's it. Have a great day. Great day. The fuck? Great day. Jobin. <laughs>